Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast, Preps Edition, for uh, this last day of January and heading into February. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to <laughs> do a little flex there. Um, a lot going on. Where where do you want to start? I mean, you really could jump into the conference tournaments last week. Uh, you know, the girls' postseason is upon us. We got state duels, uh, fresh off uh, regional duels, and now we have a state duels field. Um, where where would you like to jump in and kind of start? Uh, let's do it chronologically. Let's go the the uh, last Saturday conference tournaments and then the uh, regional duels last night and then uh, how about the the sounds girls sounds good um well I'll, I'll start off uh I was at uh Williamsburg for the Walmack tournament uh on Saturday I tell you what uh everything that you expected um from the Walmack uh Outstanding tournament um, there, uh, Mount Vernon. The first time uh, Mount Vernon uh, history since they've joined the the Walmack. I believe their first Walmack tournament was two thousand nine, and uh, they've been runner up. They've been third. Uh, you know, just about. Uh, Everywhere in the top eight, you can imagine they placed it except uh, before this year first. And now they have a tournament title to go uh, with their, I believe, Womack East dual title. I believe they were the dual champs in the, the East division. Um, and now they have a Womack uh, individual tournament title. Uh they scored 202 and a half points, uh, five champs. Um, they outlasted Clear Creek and Mano, who was runner up at 178. West Delaware was third at 172 and a half. Independence was fourth uh, at 163 and a half. Benton fifth at 162. And then you had Williamsburg sixth at 157. So uh, you had. Mount Vernon pulled away a little bit, but you had this uh, cluster of teams in the top six uh, that were only separated by about 21 points. So um, that's pretty pretty amazing and really says a lot about the depth um, and balance in the Walmack this year. Right. And, uh, you know, Mount Vernon came away with five champs and, uh, and Clear Creek Command only had one champ. So the, the chances of Clear Creek and Mana catching Mount Vernon were pretty slim and and none at the in the finals really, uh, with that many uh, champions uh, or potential champions. Actually, they had six in the finals, and that might have mm -hmm. been their only disappointment on the day was their was their runner up. Um, you know, so uh, good good. I mean, it's a nice springboard for Mount Vernon into this this the uh, regional duels and hopefully into the state duels and state tournament, as well yeah. as. You have to admire Benton community had three champions. And, uh, you know, so that's a nice showing there. That's that program that, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's running high right now. And I think, you know, credit, uh, um, you know, they've had gone through a couple of coaches here in the last few years with uh, um, uh, TJ Murphy and, um, 
and and uh, Jake Voss that have kind of got things rolling, I think. And and uh, you know, so a little bit of credit to those guys, but certainly that coaching staff now and those and those wrestlers. Yep, Gene Pilcher's done a nice job, uh, really continuing uh, what's been built there, or, or uh, kind of re-energized a, a little bit there. Um, yeah, but Clear Creek, I mean, just looking at what they were able to do, um, mm -hmm. you know, that that was a team effort. And I, I think that was exactly what Kyle Forna said afterwards, that, you know, they did have three in the finals. Um, went one and two, Kale Nash <clears throat> came away with a, a title at uh, 120. But, you know, if, if I remember right, uh, I think they had, oh, uh, like thirteen of their fourteen wrestlers place, you know. So, um, quite a few. I can't remember how many they had in the semis. Um, see if I can find my my trusty uh, right chart. Quick, quick comment on C, uh, CCA. I, I've been nothing but impressed with them since that very first uh, triangular at uh, at Prairie when I popped over to see them, and, and they've really we got to cover one of their meets this year, and and uh, mm -hmm. just they they've shined, and and uh, you're right, Coach Fornes and, and company have done such a great job in those wrestlers there. So well done. Yeah, six semifinalists, uh, which was fourth overall behind. Uh, um, Mount Vernon, Indy, both had eight. Bank Community had seven, and then Clear Creek, Amana, and Solon both had six in the semis. So they had six in the semis, and three in the finals, and then the champion Kale Nash uh, at one hundred uh, and twenty pounds. He he, he looked good. Beat uh, Braden Maury of uh, West Delaware thirteen to five in the finals. Uh, that was after he edged uh, Dylan Heater of Grinnell, which, you know, it was kind of odd seeing Grinnell there, kind of forgotten they joined the, the WAMAC, but uh, Nash with a big 1-0 win in the semis. Um, and then he prevented Maori from winning his uh, third conference title, I believe. And uh, Nash has won two conference titles in uh, the last three seasons. So uh, good showing for him and, uh, I was really impressed with Clear Creek. Uh, West Delaware stumbled a little bit, um, but still had a, a nice showing. Uh, they got a, a champ in uh, Brett Yankovic, uh, one of four finalists for for West Delaware. Um, here, here's what I this is. I mean, I've said this before. Um, I always like seeing like the title is split up from schools. And even though uh, Mount Vernon had five, uh, you know, Benton had three, uh, South Pima had two with Amari Chavez and, and Gavin Bridgewater. Um, but like through the first half of the finals, like through the first six um, finals matches, you had champs from six different schools. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, and, and I love seeing that because that that's always a huge indicator to me about the just the balance and the, the depth um, of a, a competitive conference. And uh, even though 
Mount Vernon ended with five. They uh, got championships from, you know, after that, you know, Clayton Peralt got them started. Big pin at 106 was their first titleist. And then uh, Jackson Jasper is at uh, 144. Mikey Ryan, 150. Uh, I believe Jackson Hurd at 157. And then uh, heavyweight Ethan Wood finished things out. Um, but Perot, uh, Perot, that big pin, uh, because things were tight. It was only like a five-point lead over uh, Clear Creek Manic going into the finals. Um, and then that pin right there just about doubled their lead, or actually did double their lead, and then they never looked back uh, uh, right. after that. But and I, and I didn't mean to think say that Clear Creek didn't have a chance, but with, with the firepower that Mount Vernon has, especially in the mm -hmm. kind of middle upper weights there, that uh, and you know six in the finals as opposed to three and pretty good sure. opportunity for champions. That uh, yeah, that was not. I mean, it, it would have Mount Vernon would have had to really probably lost all of them to uh, to to not win the the team title. But uh, yeah. maybe the most significant champ was that uh, was it one thirty five uh, one thirty five. Am I thinking that right? With uh, Jace uh, with Caden Kramer and one thirty eight. One thirty eight. Sorry. And, uh, yep, that was uh, that was big. Uh, uh, Caden Kramer, big, big weekend. Um, you know, he came out, got a big five point move like towards the end of the first period. Um, that put him up five nothing. Um, Jasper's came kind of chipping away, coming back, but then Kramer added a takedown in the third. Uh, and, and won nine to four. That was after, um, you know, he uh, he won a overtime match against Solon's Jordan Schmidt. Uh, needed a big right out um, in the third period. Got it. Forced uh, for for sudden victory. Uh, There's a little bit of a scramble, a flurry, and it wasn't a roll it was, or a switch, but. Uh, looked like Schmidt was coming around behind, and then all of a sudden, uh, there was this little modified roll, and Kramer's coming around behind for for the the score and sudden victory to win four to two, I believe. Um, so he had two back to back matches in a in a weight class that was loaded. Um, when you look at the top six and the guys that uh, have been ranked. Um, if they're not ranked now, they have been throughout the year when you have Caden Kramer and Jace Jaspers, uh, Mikhail Bear from uh, South Tema, Jordan Schmidt of Solon was fourth, Nolan Howell of Clear Creek Amanda, and then Jax Miller of West Delaware finished sixth. There's a possibility that he finishes higher uh, in Des Moines than he did in Williamsburg. Um, right. And it just goes to show you the depth of this weight class in the Walmart. Right, and I haven't looked at the uh, at the uh, how the the route to Des Moines uh, if these guys are going to cross paths again. But if not, that could certainly affect and will certainly affect uh, seating at the state tournament. Uh, you know, you know, bouncing one up and one down, and and all the others that were involved in that as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how they their routes too, and see if they have to. Someone might get eliminated if there's, you know, four that are. You know, looking for the three seats. <laughs> right. 
Um, just um, a couple other notes. Um, Brendan Hang of Benton Community, he remained unbeaten. He's 32 and 0 now. Uh, just kind of rolled through the 165 pound weight class. Um, beat uh, Garrison Gillahan of uh, West Delaware 16 nothing in the finals. Of course, he had uh, teammates, I believe, their brothers, uh, Elijah Kupka um, at 132. Uh, that came away with a title. And then uh, Troy Kupka um, at 190. Uh, yeah, beat Ethan Williams of Clear Creek Amanda. That was kind of the bracket buster where uh, I think Kupka was the number three seed and Williams the number four seed um, that knocked off the top two seeds in the uh, semis. So uh, Benton Community, the brothers, and, and Hang with titles. And then uh, Brent Yankovic of, uh, of West Delaware won at 175. He beat Cale Moore 15-2. Um, he became the 42nd three-time champ, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and he has a chance to become a four-time champ uh, next year for um, West Delaware. Right. Verifying here um, that it was the 42nd. Yes, 42nd three-time WAMAC champion which uh started with gilbert cooler was a three-time champ from uh 1960 to 62 for uh Makoka. and here are the four timers he could join next year uh bart gingrich of vinton shellsburg who did it from 71 to 74 jason aris of independence who did it from 82 and 85 and some metro People might remember that name. Cruz Harris uh, was the state champ for Kennedy. Wrestled at UNI. Jason's his son. Jason's son. Uh, Tim Halligan of uh, Independence did it from 1997 to 2000. Remember Don Bosco used to be in the WAMAC. And Mac Ryder was a four-timer from 2003. Then West Delaware. Kalen Lenz. Zach McCool. Nathan Vasky. Uh, Nathan Vasky, an assistant coach uh, for the Hawks right now, um, did that uh, in between. See, Lenz finished off his run in 05, McCool in 07, Vasky in 09, and then Caleb Fessley was the last one to do it uh, for center point Urbana, and, and he's with Iowa State, uh, did it from 2016 to 2019. So Brent Yankovic has a chance uh, to join that group um, next season. When did CPU join the uh, the WAMAC? That is a very good question. It must have been after Brock Rathman went through. No, I don't believe Rathman was a four-timer. He got beat in the conference, huh? How about that? Four um, I, um, I believe Rathman and uh, one of the Woods, one of the Woods uh, actually wrestled each other um or or Zach Less. One one of those lightweights right. uh I think went back and forth. Uh Rathbun and him went back and forth um with that. 
Okay, that would make sense. Those are pretty solid wrestlers. You just yeah, yeah, because there's <laughs> and then I think uh, one of them, one of the West Delaware kids beat him like at state, and then the next year Rathbun got revenge. I think if I'm remembering it correctly, um, the following year at state. So right finals, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Pat, maybe Patrick Woods, um, might have been the one that the wrestlers for sure. I definitely. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, but the Walmart pretty much delivered what everybody expected. I mean, between the team races, you know, from from one through six, uh, the individual uh, performances and and what have you. It, I mean, it was uh, it was a really really fun um, tournament to watch. Right, and I've been to quite a number of worked at quite a number of tournaments, and probably my favorite gym in the. In the state, one of them anyway. The uh, I just love that Williamsburg facility and that that you know kind of arena style and a, a gym that overlooks the football field. Just beautiful. And uh, so uh, they, the Williamsburg did crown one champ with Lincoln Strop. So I don't know how many now the Strop, how many conference championships the Strop family holds. But but uh, oh, uh, overall, I uh, I know Lincoln. That was his second straight. Um, so he's won two out of three um, Walmack titles. Um, yeah, his brother. Who's I, up can't, up. I can't remember. Bubba. Yeah, I, I might be able to. Uh, might be able to see here. That was nice for the hometown crowd to have a champion, for sure. And that shot family, I like him. Papa yeah, and just, and just to let you know, Rathbun was a three-timer. He won him. He won in 14, 15, and 16. So he did not win it his freshman year. Yeah. Which that would make me think it was Patrick Rhodes that, uh, or Woods that, uh, mm -hmm. that did it. Um, and here's something I just realized too. Uh, Brent's, Brent Yankovic's older brother, Brett, was also a three time uh, champ from. Uh, uh, West Delaware. His, his older brother Brett, who I believe is at Waukee Northwest, maybe right now as an assistant coach, or um, he won he won three from 08 to ten. I'm gonna read these. Okay, so I'm getting sidetracked here, and we'll get through it. But just some of the names on this list of Walmack three-time champs, it, it's it's eye-opening. The talent that's been in this this league, um, some of them I'm sure people will know uh, better than I do prior to the '80s. But um, Lyle Lochner from Marion—that's the name that stands out. Tim Novak from LaSalle, uh, Chad Gerbrock from Independence, uh, Tony Milkoff from LaSalle, uh, Wes Han from South Tama. Uh, Mitch Payton from West Delaware, Paul Bradley from South Tama, um, Blaze Cabell from Independence, Austin Blythe um, from Williamsburg, uh, J.C. for Candy uh, from Williamsburg as well. Um, you've got Chase Straw, Rathbun we talked about, uh, Braden Burt and Max Lyon uh, from Western Dubuque. And, of course, they went on Braden Burt. Uh, uh, stud at Milliken, Max Lyon wrestling at Purdue. Um, of course, Western Dubuque now in the MVC. 
Um, and then Wyatt Volker, uh, currently at uh, uh, UNI. So some huge names there uh, in the WAMAC as far as three-time champs go. Yeah, Braden Burt was a multi-time national champion for Millican. Uh, mm-hmm. Wonderful top wrestler. I mean, good, great on his feet. But, man, when he got on top, look out. Holy cow, you didn't want to be underneath him. So we mentioned Western Dubuque. Used to be in the WAMAC, now in the MVC. Sounds like a great opportunity to transition and for me to stop babbling um, about the WAMAC and stuff from this weekend. But the MVC tournament, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie coming out on top um, with the uh, team title there. You know, I, uh, yeah, of course I'm working it. And, and Dubuque Senior, who has a beautiful new facility. That, I mean, I, it's the first time I've been there since they built on and added on. And uh, so they had ho- hosted it in two gyms, the three mats in their old competition gym. And then you have a new gym. They had two mats down below there. And uh, so I had five mats running, did a wonderful job hosting. And, uh, you know, as you as I'm working it, you don't get to, I'm not focused in on the team sort of right. thing. I got home the next day and went, you know, I, got, I don't even know who won the tournament. <laughs> I opened it up and I went, holy cow, Prairie won it. So, you yeah, know. You're focused on, you're, you're on the job at hand. Exactly. And so I was, you're right, I was surprised that, that not, and, and Prairie's made a great improvement this year, but I was a little bit surprised that Prairie, that Prairie won it. I, I really didn't know who won. I knew it was going to be close. I thought Prairie and Linmar and Hempstead and, and uh, you know, Iowa City West, those teams that would be in the hunt, but I didn't really know who was going to win. So, so Good for Prairie. Good job. Yeah, kind of kind of the opposite of the Walmack, where one team just kind of pulled away and the team that had maybe uh you know the balance um just didn't have the the firepower to to hang with the, the top team. Here I think it's the other way around where you know Prairie's balance, of course, how many times have we seen that where uh, you know, with Blake Williams and Kane Thompson and now Derek Ball put out 14 really competitive guys at each weight. And, you know, they they just had one champion. Linmore had four. Uh, but it, it was all the other, uh, you know, the, the seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths. Uh, 13 medalists, eight in the top four. Uh, for Prairie, Dylan Munson came, came away with a, a championship um, at 106. Then Tyler Tyler Lee at 132, Aiden Kirk at 138, Wyatt Vlasic, who's been one of their leaders all season, uh, finished runner-up. Vlasic uh, at 157. So uh, right there, their their depth a little bit uh, more than uh, Limar's firepower. Um, who got titles from Malik DeBow at uh, 120, Nate Fish at 126, Kane Nakaborn uh, at 144, and Grant Kress, who was up to uh, 175 uh, there. Right, and a uh, couple of notes on Linmar. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Nakaborn, Kane Nakaborn uh, won the title with three falls, what, a, a fall in 12 seconds, 19 seconds, and 44 seconds. So he wrestled a total of a minute 15 in the whole tournament. So he, he it, probably squatted more in the bus ride up there than uh, during his matches. Right. And so I, <laughs> I, got, I got to thinking, 
I remember saying that he he uh, pinned his way through the last tournament they were in, um, Geneseo was it or whatever when they were in, and uh, and I got to think, I'm gonna look and see. Man, this kid has been on a terror. He's he's had 12 matches in a row that have been pins, and then the the match that was not a pin was a technical fall against uh -huh. Jackson Jaspers. I mean, that's <laughs> So, and, and I'm not That's a three time state medalist, right? And uh, <laughs> champion. And so, anyway, he's he's uh 30 and 0 on the season, 28 falls, and then he had that technical fall, and then one decision to an Apple Valley kid in the uh, wow. I believe. And uh, um, anyway, uh, so man, he's had a been getting I broke it down even a little more. He's had 19 first period falls and only one third period fall. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, wow. he's got some, some uh, gas in the tank if he ever has to go the distance because <laughs> he hasn't gone very very deep into matches. So. You know, uh, I remember talking to him at the uh, at the beginning of the season, our preseason uh, uh, feature he was the subject of. And, you know, the, the thing that came through is that uh, – he really, really has his sights on not just being the best in the state, but the best in the country. I think Kevin uh, Dresser's got a good one coming his way. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, Nakaborn has, uh, he talked about two sheets of paper that he looks at every day. One's posted on his bathroom mirror. Uh, the other one's fixed in his locker, wrestling locker, um, just so he he gets reminders daily that there were 14 kids ranked above him in the country and that uh, some of the kids uh, that were ranked ahead of him uh, from, from the state even. And he looks at that every day and he knows that if I'm not training my hardest, they will catch me or they're going to stay ahead of me. And I tell you what, he's climbed that ladder to where there aren't 14 kids ranked in front of him anymore. And that's a testament to his hard work. And, uh, you know, I know you're a big, uh, big uh, uh, proponent of having those goals visually in front of you. So you see it each day and, and kind of, you know, have that positive thinking and, and uh kind of that focus on on what you want to accomplish. And that's something that Nakaborn um, talked about at the beginning of the year. And obviously the, what you just shared with his dominance here um, throughout the season, um, it's paying off. Right. And I, I guess I compiled these before last night's meet. I forgot to throw in last night's meet. So he oh, yeah. added another one, didn't he? Uh, yep. And uh, anyway, so I don't remember his first period, but – Anyway, so the guy's just – he's definitely – he's not out there to win. He's not out there to major technical fall. He wants a pin, and he wants it early. So uh, that's pretty neat. Another neat thing happened uh, with the Linmar Russell. I was, I was – after the last match, I was walking across the gym to go shower and change, and uh, uh, Grant Crest approached me and just, you know, just kind of to chit-chat and, and uh, say hi because we had worked with at a tournament, you know, Linmar Youth Tournament last year. And, and uh, what a nice thing, you know, just – you know to do that i thought that was pretty cool but i happened to ask him you know 
He's wrestling 75. I said, you're up a weight, huh? And I went back and looked at his history. He's up two weights, actually. But he weighed in one weight above, I think 161 or something, and uh, so that he can keep his descent plan in line. And then, uh, um, uh, so then uh, he uh, went up to 75 to help the team out a bit. So, but then I got to thinking, uh, at 57, that could be, you know, I haven't looked that close, but that could be a, a state finals match. If, I don't know how they'll be seated or whatever, but Voinovich and and uh, and Cress maybe if they're both to make it to the finals and and uh, you know both quality wrestlers, so uh, that's you know we, we might see that somewhere along the line up to the state. I don't think they cross paths, but but uh, definitely at state that'd be a great match. I think. Right, um, and as far as last night goes for uh, Nakaborn, he bumped up two weight classes and got a third period fall. So he actually wrestled 157 against Waverly Shell Rock and uh, got a fall in five minutes and 20 seconds. So, well, that answers the can he go the distance route? <laughs> so. Yeah, apparently, apparently so. Not a problem there. But um, yeah, speaking of Voinovich, uh, uh, um, he was one of three uh, champs for Iowa City High, uh, which finished fourth. Uh, Kale Seaton at 132, Kale Kurtz at 138, and then uh, uh, Voinovich, um, who uh, we just found out, uh, committed to the University of Iowa as well. So uh, all three of them won crowns for City High. As I mentioned, they got four, or uh, yeah, they got fourth. I would see West uh, had a couple champs with. Uh, uh, Alex Pierce, I believe Justin uh, Avila um, as well. And then uh, Cedar Rapids Xavier got fifth. Um, no no champion there. They had a finalist in Ronan Thomas, uh, who got second to Grant Grass, who was up to 175. So uh, good showing there for the, the Saints as well. Right, they had two runner-ups and a, and a third. So very nice. We've watched them improve this year and and uh, I've, they've had a great season. I continue success with them in the tournament series here. Yep. Is Hempstead a little banged up right now? Uh, you know, I didn't see pins in the in the uh, lineup, so he's out. And he was he's been in and out this year, I think, a little bit. Um, so uh, they must be, but but uh, you know, if there's any anyone that was, might have had a disappointing tournament, might have been Hempstead, I guess. I I didn't really look. But, you know, too close at that one, but but uh, mm -hmm. I kind of expected them maybe to be in the hunt for the title. Yeah, uh, I I thought they'd be one of the favorites uh, along with Linmar um, as well. Didn't expect them to be outside of the uh, the top five, but uh, you know the NBC you can always count on something happening um, that surprises you as well. A little bit there. Um, moving on, uh, some of the other uh, area conferences. Um, no real surprise. Albernet uh, uh, kind of ran away with uh, the Tri Rivers Conference. Um, they got uh, titles from Ali DeWitt at 106, Rowdy Neighbor 120, Peyton Kufal at 26, 
Cooper Franklin at 132, Preston Klosterman at 138, Shaden Washburn at 157, Hunter Sauer at 165, and then uh, Emmett Fleshman at 215. Uh, they were dominant, almost hit 300 points. Uh, Lisbon was a distant second um, at 238. Uh, and then East Buck was third, even further back. But uh, Alvinette, uh dominated, dominated its way to a title. And then the River Valley Conference, uh, uh, no, no real surprise there either. Uh, Wilton came away with a team title. Uh, but Anamosa, Anamosa's had a really good season. They, uh, uh, I believe they made the regional dual final last night uh, against Osage. Um, they were runners up um, in the, the RVC. Uh, they actually won four consecutive titles in the middleweights um, with Hudson Scranton at 150, Mike and Wheeler, uh, 157, Aiden Anton. Antonelli, um, I believe he has ties to uh, uh, Cedar Rapids Regis' uh, wrestling program back uh, uh, quite a few years ago. Um, and then 175-pounder uh, Austin Scranton, who I believe is ranked number one um, in Class 2A. So good showing from Anamosa and then West Branch, who's had a really good year as well. Uh, they were third in the RBC uh, tournament. Right. And West Branch had six in the finals and had one champ in, in uh, Logan Wright at heavyweight, but uh, disappointing there for him. But, you know, to finish third in that turn in that tournament's good. I wanted to back up just one note on the Tri-Rivers uh, at heavyweight. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed, we were talking about him last week and, and uh, was, uh, was upset. Actually got beat four to three by <clears throat> Aiden Salo, Salo, um from Maquoketa Valley, who had uh, Fox had pinned him twice earlier, oh, wow. so he avenged those two losses. So that was kind of the the one match that really stood out to me. That's that. kind of big. And those Mac Valley, they've got the those three upper weights with Salau, Davis, and uh, Nathan uh, Beats or mm -hmm. Bites. Um, they go one ninety two fifteen in heavyweight, and I tell you what, that's. Uh, Heck of an upper weight trio for those three. I think they all three were medalists last last year, and they're poised to do the same uh, this season as well. So Salau, uh, uh, a part of that group, right? And then uh, I guess uh, uh, my other comment on that Tri Rivers Valley. We mentioned Keaton Moeller, such a great wrestler. At one uh, was he one fifty seven? I think at. Uh, from Starmont, 65, 65, 65, I think. Yeah, and he he had a seven-one win over Reese Klosterman from, who's a great wrestler for Albernet. So that kind of solidifies that sophomore is a tough, tough. He's gonna be fun to watch with these uh, two and a half years left or whatever. Yeah, I uh, believe he finished third last year as a freshman for Starmont. Um, he's got a nice partner, uh, Avery Vasky, who's uh, ranked fifth maybe as well. So. Um, big uh, uh, a lot of potential there for for Moeller uh, as as a postseason uh, approaches, right? And just to tack on to Albernet, they had not only those eight chance, but two runner ups, so they had ten. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, yeah. definitely uh, an impressive showing there for Albernet, who also had an impressive 
showing uh, at the regional duels. Is there anything from the conference tournament set um, that you uh, uh, kind of looked up or, or think is noteworthy that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, just, I just, Before we move on to regional duels. Uh, mention this. In that River Valley, uh, Wilton had six champions and a runner-up and a third. And they're just a solid, solid team. So we're, that's a team to keep an eye on, both in the duels and at the state state tournament as Wilton. So. Yeah. Should be fun. I mean, we've talked about it a few times that, that uh, you know, kind of a three-way three uh, race with Don Bosco, Wilton, and Alburnett right now. Uh, has the makings to be uh, pretty entertaining. Right. Yeah, but we had some, speaking of entertaining, uh, some some that were entertaining last night, and and as projected, some that were, were not. They're kind of runaway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, well, let's just, uh, let's just start with uh, Class 3A. Um, really, uh, everything kind of went according to seeds, except for um, you know, number eight, number nine at Linmar, uh, for the second straight year, Linmar with a heartbreaker, uh, uh, fell to, uh, this year it was Waverly, Waverly Shellrock, the number nine seed last year. I think it was Hempstead who was maybe the number 11 seed that, uh, that came in, uh, beat them in the last match, uh, won in overtime to secure the win. Um, last year, and then this time, uh, Waverly Shellrock gets three straight pins to close the meet um, for a 42-36 win over the number eight Lions. Um, kind of knew it might be a close duel. That was a tough matchup, but uh, um, the bonus points were, were key. They split 7-7, and uh, Waverly Shellrock had uh, each match, each win by pin. Right. And, uh, you know, it's that eight and nine matchup in all three classes generally tends to be the, the best, the, the, the closest uh, competitively. And uh, obviously here it was. Now, the only other mild upsets, unfortunately, happened with, with Clear Creek and Mana. They were the 12th seed, and they lost to the 20th seed, Norscott, in that first round. And then Norscott mm -hmm. lost to Hempstead, uh, and then also out of our range, but Carlisle got beat by Waukee. Carlisle was 14th and Waukee 22nd. Uh, in the first round, City High did beat Norwalk 45-23 and then lost to powerful Southeast Polk 66-15. And then uh, Prairie uh, beat Iowa City West 43-25 and then Prairie lost to also powerful Benton North 57-13. So that kind of winds it up on 3A there in our area. Yep. Um, and then just uh, – Oh, Xavier, I guess. Yeah, Xavier fell to uh, Johnston uh, early on, the Saints' uh, second uh, regional uh, regional duels appearance. Um, one, one thing to note, uh, too, with Linmar, uh, I don't believe Hud Turner um, – they're ranked 132 pounder. I don't believe he was in the lineup uh, Tuesday too. Um, that could have affected some things. Notice Nate Fish wrestled up a weight. Um, we talked about how uh, Lamar kind of bumped up uh, some of their studs as well. Um, 
you know, to try to get those those good matchups for the team. Uh, you know, Doug Stryker usually does a really good job with uh, with managing that. And um, but Lamar uh, missing a key component there in the lower weights. Not saying Waverly wouldn't have won even if he was in there. Just kind of pointing that out uh, there. So um, as we mentioned, the state qualifiers uh, out of 3A, Southeast Polk, Fort Dodge, Bentendorf, Indianola, Waukee, Northwest, Ankeny, Centennial, Hempstead, and Waverly Shell Rock, uh, which will be in the field um, Saturday. Is that uh, is that pretty much Southeast Polk's title to lose? Do you think uh, an Indianola, Bentendorf, or even a Fort Dodge can can give them a run? I don't, I don't, yes, absolutely. I don't think anyone can match them personally. So Southeast Polk likely will have Waverly Shell Rock first round. And then uh, Ankeny Centennial Fort Dodge will close out the top half there. And then the bottom half, uh, Indianola will be the second seed against Hempstead. And then uh, Bettendorf will be the third seed against uh, Waukee Northwest. Uh, if, if, and it should be that way based on, on uh, uh, the rankings the coaches rankings and so forth. So that would be their seeds. Um, yeah. Southeast Polk and Waverly Shell Rock is a <laughs> state duels uh, matchup. We've seen plenty of just not in that uh, quarterfinal round. Right. I, that's what I, that, I kind of chuckled when I wrote that down. I go, oh, wow. You don't see that in the first round usually. So. Um, so give me your top three. Give me your top three and three. A. I think it's going to go this way. I think it's going to go Southeast Polk. Mm-hmm. Bettendorf, because Bettendorf's kind of rolling. And I really like Indianola, uh, but I think Bettendorf's going to catch him in the semifinals. And then I I, I don't know if it's going to be – I'm tossed between Fort Dodge and Indianola. So I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with my heart, Indianola. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll uh, – I, I like your finals. I'm just going to go with uh, Fort Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um in the third place duel over in Enola. So we're close. We just, we just, uh, we'll take opposite teams for, for third place there in three a. Uh, so then in class two a, um, this kind of look in the top, uh, uh, seven seeds advance, uh, as well. You mentioned the, the eight, nine, um, always, uh, the closest or toughest ones. Uh, that regional duel in Ballard, Ballard was not uh, uh, for the faint of heart uh, the entire night. Humboldt had to survive Williamsburg, beat uh, Williamsburg 34-31, and then edged Ballard on criteria 38-30 to advance. So the number nine seed, Humboldt, uh, advances there um to join the top seven but uh you know that that was uh an exciting just the the whole regional there at ballard uh with that three-point difference with humboldt and williamsburg to start the night off and then humboldt comes through again uh with the biggie right williamsburg the 24th uh, ranked team uh russell nine and eight you know, uh, nine, number nine, Humboldt, number eight, Ballard. 
uh, and wrestling right there with with Humboldt, who beats Balor. Uh, you know, so the, yeah, I mean, that was just, I, to me, that was probably the toughest district in all three classes, or the most balanced one, anyway. Right, right. And, and credit Williamsburg, you know, we talked about them getting six, um, you know, uh, at the WAMAC and then making the regional duels as the number 24 team and then battling Humboldt, giving them everything uh, they had or could want. Great Eckenrod's done a really good job. They they were depleted with injuries and, and some guys not going out. Um, and they've just kind of gotten a little bit better as the season has gone on and really uh, uh, has sal salvaged uh, a season that they thought might uh, be really, really challenging um, at the start. So uh, credit to them. Um you know, kind of looking uh, just at the WAMAC uh, uh, performances. Mount Vernon, uh, the number two seed, beat Solon, the number 14 seed, 46-15. So Mount Vernon heads back uh, to state duels. Uh, I think they have to have their sights on winning the whole thing. It's been a Banner season, I think that's win number 26 for them, which is a school record um, in dual wins. Uh, you talked about their, their first WOMAC tournament title. Uh, I think it's their second dual title in the conference uh, for the division. Um, so big, big season for them. And, of course, we kind of expected it. Um, they came back from last year loaded. Uh so they're they're kind of in position to to make a title run Saturday. Uh, Solon beat Columbus Community thirty eight twenty eight um, to get there. Um, West Delaware won its regional duel. Uh, fourth ranked Hawks beat Decorah forty three twenty four. Number twenty three Decorah with. Uh, Opposite of number 13, Benton, 46-24 in the first round of that regional duel uh, site uh, to get a chance at the Hawks. But West Delaware, seven straight years, um, seven straight years to the state duels. The last six, they've made it to uh, the state duel finals. And it's not going to end anytime soon. They've got such a, a nice program and, and uh, um, you know, great community support, as we mentioned, and great coaching staff. And those young kids, uh, I, you know, they just do some neat things. You know, that camp where they go out and camp out during the summer and with their young kids and, and do uh -huh. fishing and wrestling and, you know, all the other things. So that's pretty cool. That's neat what they do there. So, yeah, that's not going to end anytime soon. But, uh, um so that I think you mentioned it that eight and nine match went went down to criteria again. Or I guess we mentioned that, yeah. But yeah. So who do you have? Do you, know, curious, do you know what criteria ended up being? I don't know. I was curious myself, I, but it did not. I did not see that. But here's what I have for the brackets. I'm gonna have o, Osage number one, and they'll wrestle Humboldt, and then uh, the rest of the top half, number five will be Sergeant Bluff Luton, and then number four West Delaware. And then on the bottom half, you'll have Mount Vernon, the number two seed against Algona, the number seven seed. And then Creston, the number three seed against Independence. 
who remember at the beginning of the year, I said, that's my team <laughs> in the top 10. Hey, way to go, Independence. I love you. <laughs> so I'll let you go first this time. Who are your who, top three? Uh, well, I think Osage out of the top half. Uh, they'll be in the finals. I, I like the one and two. Um, um, Os Osage, Mount Vernon. You know what? I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to be an absolute homer here, and I'm going to go with Mount Vernon. There is just something about the way that they've wrestled um, this season. A lot of things, uh, you know, just watching them at, you know, the, the Walmack, watching them at uh, uh, the Clyde Bean duel, the Clyde Bean uh, Brad Smith duels um, at City High. I really, I really like them. Um, Osage will be a tough get, but I, I'll go. I'll, I'll be a homer. I'll go Mount Vernon, Osage number two, and then number three. I'm going to go West Delaware. Okay, and I'm going to. I'm with you. And I had this before you mentioned it. I'm, I'm going with Mount Vernon as well. I know it's okay. going to be Osage. Maybe that's more with my heart than my head. I don't know, but. <laughs> I haven't looked at matchups at all, but I'm going with Mount Vernon there. And then uh, I'm going to go Sergeant Bluff Luton. I, I, really? I don't know. I just, I don't know. Hopefully I'm well, for Delaware fans. I hopefully I'm wrong, but, but uh, I think they might nip Delaware and maybe take third. Yeah, that's uh that's, that very well could be, you know, uh, Clint Kudum has, uh, has a really strong team again this year. They'll be in that four or five right out of the gate. Um, that might not be a bad pick. We'll see. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, one other thing I just want to mention really quick, just with uh, a couple of the qualifiers, in mainly with West Delaware and Independence, and I'm sure it's true with some other teams and everything, but with West Delaware and Independence, and we've called, I don't know how many, you know, uh, in the West Delaware duels and know the atmosphere there. And you talked about the support in the community, but these are two programs that I think really cherish state duels. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not speaking in hyperbole here that this, this is something that they really care. You know, some, some teams don't have a value, you know, they're, they're focused solely on, the all Des Moines. Uh, it's an individual sport. There's a team race there too. That's what they're focused on. That's the crown jewel. But these two programs, and I think it's the fourth time in five years that Ind Independence is um, qualified. We mentioned seven in a row for West Delaware, and probably the only reason why it's not five in a row for Indy because they had to go to West Delaware last year. Um, but they really value the state duels and the team component. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, you've seen them be regulars here, uh, especially the last uh, five to seven years. Yep, and I don't disagree with you on, on the fact that some programs put a little more emphasis on it than others. And we've seen that in the past where uh, teams would not bring their varsity early yeah. on. 
But now the tournament has, has changed weekends and even sites. And so I think it gives it a, a little more prestige of, of its own rather than feeling like a tack on. And, sure. and uh, so great, great I'm hoping point. that it's a, it's a, uh, that most teams are, and plus with time, you know, I think that, that that's kind of worn off. You might see it in the third round or something. You, you might see some, you know, matchups that might happen at state down the road and you want to maybe, maybe they'll start thinking seeds. I don't know. I, I hope not, but, but right. uh, we'll see. Um, but I think that's, if that's happening. I'm hoping that's happening a little less now than it did back with the old format and date. So your two-way qualifiers, Sergeant Bluff, Bluton, Independence, Osage, West Delaware, Mount Vernon, Algona, Preston, and Humboldt. Preston, uh, the number three seed there um, as well. Uh, on to 1A, I was at Albernet actually. Uh, and before I get too far, uh, we I just want to put in a little plug for the Gazette. Um, we had uh, – I think we had six total hosts. Um, we were able to staff four of them. Uh, Jeff Linder was at Linmar for Waverly Shell Rack uh, um, in Linmar Regional Dual Final. Um, you can go to the gazette.com, iowaprepsports.com, uh, to see his uh, dual story from, from that regional duel. Riley Cole, who's done an outstanding job um, in our girls' coverage, really spearheading that. Um, she's been fantastic. She she was at West Delaware uh, for um, their win over Decora. Uh, she also has a feature on Eleanor Fobb uh, from the Super Regional uh, last week. Um Xavier's very first uh, state qualifier. Uh, that's also at the gazette.com. I know she'll have a state uh, tournament preview at the website as well. Um, kind of five things to watch for the girls' state tournament here coming up Thursday and Friday at Extreme Arena in Coralville. Uh, and then Ryan Plagenkuehl was at Mount Vernon for uh, the regional duels there with Solon, Columbus Community, and Mount Vernon. So, Please go to uh, thegazette.com, iowapreps.com, and, and check out those uh, uh, the coverage that they provided. Because Jeff Linder uh, took a, took time off uh, away from his girls' basketball beat to help us out um, on that coverage. So he uh, he's not somebody that covers wrestling regularly, but was willing to to do that to help our wrestling coverage. So. I uh, want to thank all of them for their effort and in doing that last night. As I mentioned, I was at Albernet. Uh, top ranked, uh, top ranked Pirates had Earlham and Pleasant Pleasantville um, there. And uh, I tell you what, I kind of had a little fun with uh, my story. Um, you know, talked about the close matches and how competitive it was, and it came down to the very end. And there's a big comeback. And then Albernet came into the gym to get ready for uh, the regional final because that was the duel with Earlham and Pleasantville. The final wasn't anything uh, like that. Albernet, big winner 
60 to 14 over Earlham. Um, you know, they were dominant right from the get-go. Uh, I will say this, the Earlham-Pleasantville duel, 16-17, came down to the very last match. Uh, Josh Whiney um, got a pin, I believe, at 132 um, to secure the win for Earlham, who had lost to Pleasantville earlier in the season. So Earlham able to, to avenge that loss. Um Beat Pleasantville 42-35 in a in a really fun uh matchup, but then uh you, you know the reward there uh was to face an extremely tough Auburnette team. Um and it was 60 to 14 to mention Auburnette looks so good. Um, you know, they came out three straight pins. Um it was uh, Dawson Becker that got things started, Reese Klosterman, and then Shaden Washburn. Uh, made it eighteen nothing um, before Earlham was able to get on the board, and uh, it was it was pretty much all Pirates. Um, they won eleven of the fourteen weight classes. Uh, two matches of note, uh, two ranked matches, both went Albernet's way. One hundred six, number three, Atley Dewitt um, wrestled number nine, Max Millage. Uh, really uh, fun. Fun match. Uh, DeWitt got a takedown in the first period. He go up 2 nothing. Millage escaped. Added a third period escape to tie it up 2-2. Uh, scoreless sudden victory. Both wrestlers got right outs in the tiebreaker. At, near the end, uh, at least of the, the second 30 Second period in tiebreaker one, DeWitt almost got out. So they go to ultimate tiebreaker, and it's his choice. You rode the guy out for 30 seconds. You almost got out at the end of the, the previous period. What do you choose? Oh, yeah. You oh. know, if you, if you if it was you, what would you choose? Oh man, I have to see the flow of the match to have a real good decision, but I would suspect maybe top. See, and that's what I was kind of wondering if he would. And, uh, he turned to Clayton Rush, and Rush looked at him and said, Down, get up. <laughs> and he ends up getting a reversal um, to win it four to two. And a uh, very exciting match, uh, really gutsy, gutsy way to win it. Asked Statley DeWitt afterwards, you know, what was going through your mind? He goes, I, he goes, Clayton Rush knows a lot more than I do. I'm going to listen to him every time he told me to go down, and that's what I did, and it worked out, you know. But I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting because my first thought was, you wrote, I mean, you wrote him hard. I know Millage had two escapes in the regulation, but DeWitt wrote him hard and, uh, the tiebreaker and thought it'd just be easier that way. Um, but he got down, got a reversal um, in a flurry and ended up winning. So, so that was big. Uh, the other one came at 126. Uh, it was uh, Peyton Kufal, who's ranked third, and uh, Peyton Harger, who's ranked fifth. And uh, Kufal came out uh, really offensive, got three takedowns in the, the first period. And then ended up winning seven to three uh, there as well. So uh, a lot of pins from Albernet, and then the two 
probably highlight matches, I guess you would you would say. Uh, they went their way as well. So a real dominant night for for them. And, you know, they should be the top seed at state duels on Saturday. Right. And, and probably will. I mean, Albernet's not – they're number one for a reason. So, I mean, 60 to 14 is pretty, pretty convincing. And looking through the other regional champs, uh, Don Bosco uh, – Ranked number two, they beat Nottoway Valley 57-15. Wilton uh, defeated West Branch 39-17. West Branch advanced uh, with a win over Truro I-35, 48-24. Lake Mills, uh, back to the state duels, they beat number 14, Denver, 38-29. Of course, Lake Mills is ranked number four. Nashua Plainfield is fifth. They beat number 12, Emmitsburg, 70 to 12. Um, Wapsie Valley, that's uh, the biggest uh, or, or the highest ranked team to advance, number 11, Wapsie Valley. And I think I, I think I mentioned this. I think I said to, to look out for Wapsie Valley for this. I could be making it up. We'd have to go back and look. But I'm pretty sure I was on the Wapsie Valley boat Uh and the potential of knocking off uh, West Hancock, and they did. Wapsie beat Oakland Riverside 59-15 in the, the first-round duel, followed it up with a 43-33 win over number six, West Hancock. And then Jessup, number seven Jessup, um, they're going to make uh, they're going to make their debut at the state duels on Saturday. Number seven Jessup beat number 10 Lisbon 48-24. Lisbon advanced. Uh, to the final with a 60-18 win over North Butler Clarksville, but big, uh, big accomplishment and achievement for for Jessup get to the state duels for the first time, and then number eight Hinton, uh, finally uh, a, a team seated or ranked eighth um, that's going to advance. They beat Shenandoah 41-25, and Shenandoah. Uh, beat number nine Logan Magnolia 48-31 there um uh, to get to the regional final there at Hinton. But um you know a couple surprises maybe. Um thought Lisbon could have a chance like the Loma as well, but they don't uh advance and then Wapsie Valley um coming through. I think their second straight trip to the state dual tournament. Right. Three three upsets in those first rounds of the eight. In the 1A, and then of course the big upset uh, in the finals over West Hancock, Wasi Valley getting that. So, uh, so here's how I have the brackets. Uh, this is unofficial, of course. Like I said, Albernet number mm-hmm. one, Wapsie Valley. They'll wrestle Wapsie Valley. Uh, number four, Lake Mills will wrestle number five, uh, uh, Nashville Plainfield. And then uh, number two, now the bottom half, Don Bosco will wrestle number seven, Hinton. And then uh, by seven, the seven seeds at the tournament. And then number three, Wilton will wrestle uh, number six, Jessup, making their debut, like you said. So uh, I'll go ahead and make my picks. All right. Okay. I'm going to go with, uh, I've been doing it with my heart all day long. So Albernet and Don Bosco in the finals, I'm going to go with Albernet winning it. And that will not be easy. Don Bosco, as we know, is, is always very good. And then, then I'm going to pick, I've been picking a wild card on all of these, so it seems like. So I'm going to go Nashville Plainfield again on this one. 
No, okay. I, can't. I can't. No, I got to go Wilton. I'm sorry. I got to go Wilton. <laughs> okay. So, I think I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this. And I think some people will give me a hard time. And, and I welcome that. So, if you prove me wrong, please let me know. Uh, I'm open for this. Uh, I'm going to go with Don Bosco over Albernet in the finals. And I'm not exactly sure why, but um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Dons over the Pirates. And then, you know what? I like your Nashville Plainfield pick. I'm going to go with them over Wilton for third. Okay. I'll, I like that. Al Frost, um, you know, they uh, they seem to wrestle well here in February. So, um, I'll go. That's, that'll be my three. Albernet, Don Bosco, and Nashville Plainfield. Great teams. Yeah, really. I had and, and the overall qualifiers in 1A, uh, again, Albernet, Don Bosco, Nashville Plainfield, Jessup. Hinton, Wilton, Lake Mills, and Wapsie Valley. So, uh, before we get to the state duels, though, uh, the three-day event down in Coralville kicks off with uh, the IGHSAU state championships. Second year of a sanctioned uh, uh, girls' union um, state tournament. This uh, – I think this one will be just as exciting as last year's. Um, you've got, I think there's 160 teams. Right. 160 schools represented. Mm -hmm. 160 teams, 448 wrestlers, and they're using 32-man wow. man brackets, which means you have to win five matches to be a champion. And then if you lose first round, and you want to be third, you have to win seven matches on the backside. Wow. And that's the same bracket that they use in the NCAA Division One, not two or three, Division One men's tournament. So uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a dandy bracket. That's a lot of wrestling. That's uh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, just kind of looking at uh, kind of how things played out, um, you know, uh, You've got, I think you've got the makings for a really good team race when you, you look at Decora and what what they have coming into the the state tournament. Southeast Polk as well. Um, you know, Waverly Shell Rock will be up there. Um, you know, uh, Bettendorf uh, looked good at the Super Regional here in, in Cedar Rapids. Uh, don't forget about uh, Vinton Shellsburg. Uh, Lewis Central, I think, is a is a team to to look at to, to look at as well. Um, but uh, this has a making for a really good, uh, a fun team race too. And you, uh, unless I missed you saying it, I think you missed one. Cedar Falls. Oh. So oh yeah, Cedar Falls. So, yeah, look what they've done. They've beaten Decora and Waverly. I think they beat Waverly Shellrock in the regional, right? Um, so here within the last couple of weeks, they have. Uh, they've beaten Decora and Waverly Shellrock head to head. Right, and Cedar Falls has eleven qualifiers. Decora, wow. Raccoon River Valley, Southeast Polk have nine qualifiers. Uh, Bettendorf, Ankeny, and Waverly Shellrock have eight. 
Benton Shellsburg has seven, unless I missed a couple in there. I did it very quickly when I before we went on here. So I might have missed some, but uh, Cedar Falls has, you know, has has the lead in terms of numbers of qualifiers so far. So and they're a tough team. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I could have, I did kind of overlook them, uh, didn't I? Um, That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just kind of going through uh, uh, the top seeds here. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Raccoon River Valley. Um, Katie Biscaglia, uh, know that name well. Um, she's the top seed at uh, 100 pounds. Uh, Layla Phillips of Mason City, the number one seed uh, at 105. Uh, then Jasmine Lutke of Ottumwa. Uh, I believe she was a semifinalist last year. Um, she's the top seed at 110. At 115, we've got Sioux City North, Somali Set. At one at 120, uh, Abigail Meyer of Pleasant Valley, who is a champ, uh, a regional champ here um, in Cedar Rapids. At 125, you got Molly Allen uh, of Riverside, formerly of Underwood. Um, you know, the, the Allen family there. Uh, Great wrestlers, and she's the number one seed, 125 nationally uh, ranked as well. And then at 130, the number one seed, defending state champ, uh, Mackenzie Childers of Cedar Rapids Prairie, 33 and two. Um, junior, the junior's looking for her second straight uh, title. Um, at 135, South Tima's uh, Maylie Ellsbury. Um, I think she was a finalist last year, and, and she's the number one seed um, at 135. At 140, of course, uh, Kira Javesi of uh, Waverly Shell Rock, 42-0, senior going to the University of Iowa. Um, amazingly delightful uh, uh, personality uh, to go along with uh, – a Great wrestling ability. She's the number one seed at 140, looking for another state title. Um, and then Mary Manns of Lewis Central, um, one of those that uh, the Titans could be leaning on to, to get a high finish um, in the team race, is your top seed at 145. Uh, and then Skylar Slade, Southeast Polk, 43-0, sophomore at 155, the top seed. They're uh, one, one of the nation's top uh, wrestlers, highly ranked uh, nationally at 150. Then Naomi Simon, uh, also 43-0, senior. Uh, she's been dominant from the very first day she stepped into high school. Uh, she's going to the University of Iowa as well. Uh, she's looking for her second straight state title. And uh, I think she had two... IWCOA state uh, championships as well. So she's uh, the number number one seed at 170. Uh, at 190, I think this could be really interesting. You've got Bella uh, Porcelli of Southeast Polk, who's unbeaten the number one seed. You know, but then you also have uh, Jenna Tari of West Lyon, who's the number two seed, who's unbeaten. Um, you got Cameron Steinus of Decorah, 
the number three. And then you've got Libby Dix, who was a, a state finalist for Mount Vernon a year ago, who's the number four. So I think uh, you, you've got uh, a stacked bracket with uh, those top four seeds um, at 190. Um, Wait till you get that. Well. Wait till you get to 235 here. <laughs> yeah, you've got uh, Olivia Huckfelt of Spencer, who's 40 and 0 as the number one seed. Uh, looking at the number two, you've got Brianna Peach of Iowa Valley, who's 31 and 0. And then you have Ella Brown of Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, 28 and 0. Um, and Allison Crum of East Buchanan, the number four seed, 34 and 2. So you've got three unbeaten wrestlers uh, in the top three seeds. And then Crum, uh, who I believe placed last year, um, as did uh, uh, Brown. Um, and she, you know, only two losses. And you've got uh, a heck of a, a Donnybrook, not to steal from another tournament in Coralville, but you've, you've got the makings of a, a heck of a brawl there at 235 um, come Thursday and Friday. Right. And this tournament, the quality of wrestling just gets better and better and better every year. And uh, I mean, the tenacity that you see out of a lot of these young ladies, man, it's, it's just fun to see it out there. And, and uh, they really put it up. And, and when we get to those matches, a high level, equal talented matches, it's just going to, it's going to be fun to watch those. You know, I, I have to say, I think uh, another weight class that really stands out to me, um, especially with its top three competitors uh, the top two seeds, I think 130. I think 130 is uh, you've got Mackenzie Childers, we, we mentioned, as the top seed, 33 and two. Uh, Chloe Sanders, uh, she's 54 and three um, for Vinton Shellsburg. Uh, Sanders and uh, Childers, both regional champions here in Cedar Rapids. Um, you know, in separate regionals, obviously. But then you've got Tatum Shepard of uh, Ridgeview uh, Northeast. She she is as tough and strong as they come, a great multi-sport athlete. Um, she I remember the pictures last year. Bloody knows she was a battler, um, placed at uh, last year's state tournament. She's 37-2. and two. So between chill, possible finals match between Childers and Sanders, and uh, you've got Shepard there on the bottom side with Sanders, um, probably a, a semifinal match there. It's I think you're going to see some really good uh, battles there. And, of course, Lexi Peterson of Bettendorf, uh, number four seed. But, uh, like Childers getting to the finals and, and facing either Shepard or uh, Sanders and uh, probably be a, a heck of a battle in the semis there at 130 as well. Well, that, that Childers-Peterson match was the finals at the Anamosa tournament, and both of them got their 100 um, match win or their 100 win matches that, that uh, at that oh. tournament. Um, so, uh yeah, that one. I mean, I one would favor Childers based on that result at, at Animals, mm -hmm. but and you know, Childers is a returning champ, so uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely very competitive. But as you're saying, 
Um, kind of kind of interesting at one fifteen. Um, we mentioned uh, Molly Sack of Sioux City North uh, being the number one seed. Um, then you have Ellie Wheats of Vinton Shellsburg, the number two seed. I believe uh, Wheats was a a state runner up a year ago. But any clue on who the number three seed is? Yeah, but I'm curious as to why number three. Hmm, I don't. I I am too. Uh, Rena Uderbach of Sigourney Kyoto, 44-0, the number three seed. The junior who placed at the uh, Iowa High School Athletic Association state tournament a year ago. Uh, now that Sigourney Kyoto has, or Sigourney has a, a girls team, um, she's wrestling there. The number three seed, and, and I tell you what, uh, <laughs> if you ever took a mat with a chip on your shoulder, or if anybody ever has, this might be uh, the biggest one um, because, yeah. you know, she she's one of the nation's best. She's proven it. Uh, she's one of the state's best uh, uh, on the boys' side as well. She's unbeaten in 44 matches, um, and she's the number three seed. So um, that's kind of interesting. But uh, uh, that that's another one, um, too, because, you know, Bendorf has Taylor uh, Streif, who's the the number four there as well. So some of these matches uh, or, or some of these brackets really uh, the semis are going to be uh, just as entertaining as Friday night's finals. Right, that that number three seed's a head scratcher for me. I don't I don't understand it, but you know, it's still in a good spot. Um, you know, you're you're going to be paired up with the with the sixth seed, if you're the number two seed, you'd be paired up oh, in the sure. with the seventh seed. So it's not a horrible place to be. So uh, you know, have to prove it out on the mat, as they say. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, as far as Vinton Shellsburg goes, they're they're big three, all uh, all seeded number two. We mentioned Sanders and and Wheats, uh, and then Bree uh, Swenson, the number two seed behind Pleasant Valley's Meyer uh, at one twenty. Um, in that bracket, so Vinton Shellsburg, uh, uh, in good in good pairings there, um, good seedings there for their their top three leaders. Um, the other one I wanted to check on here too in the one hundred and twenty pound weight class, and I'm having a hard time finding her. Uh, Ali Chelinek from from Linmar. I was kind of looking for. Um, here, do I have the do I have the right right weight class for for Jelinek at one twenty? Did I miss it? Well, we'll take a look at that. The the other other thing too at one twenty five where. Uh, you have the, the makings of a, a dandy as well. You've got uh, Molly Allen uh, of, of Riverside, 27-0. And then you've got Jillian Worthen of Union Community. Uh, I believe both are defending state champs. Um, they're, they're a combined 51-0, uh, um, both juniors. So that could be a collision course 
uh, for Friday night's finals and uh, could be one of the top uh, matchups overall. Right. And Lindmar's qualifiers were Kate Siri, Ava Hofer, and Reese Roberts and, and Brielle Park. So she did not. Oh, okay. Okay. I must have. Uh... I must have missed that uh, from the super super regional, and of course we know uh, Real Park. She uh, uh, outstanding wrestling family there from from Linmar and Kate Siri. Uh, uh, her uh, her dad Kelly Siri. Um, she's the number four seed there at uh, is it one ten or one fifteen? Fifteen, I think. Okay. So. I got a shout out to uh, two Jefferson qualifiers, Josephine Budadera at 35 and Emma York at 140. And then I think Kennedy had uh, three three qualifiers that we mentioned. Um, Ella Brown, Brown Olivia right. Hollum uh, was another one. And then uh, Jocelyn uh, Stricker at 190. So, um, uh, Siri, uh, the number four seed at 110 pounds uh, from Lindmar, just to clarify uh, that as well. So, um, Hofer's at 115. I'm sorry. Okay. Ava, Ava Hofer. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, Josephine Budadera, um, talked to her after the, after she reached the finals to secure her uh, state birth, her second. Um, she's made some huge strides from a year ago, um, but making her second trip to the state tournament, kind of interesting. She, uh, never wrestled until high school and just watched her brothers. Um, one of her brothers wrestles for Concordia, Wisconsin, um, currently, um, but watched them. And then when Jefferson kind of announced that, Hey, it's going to be sanctioned. We're going to have our own team, and she was all for it. Jumped in to it feet first, and uh, look what it's uh, done. Paid off. She was the number one seed at regionals. Got second, um, but moving on to the state tournament for the second straight year. So, congratulations uh, to her. Absolutely, <laughs> very cool. I, I love it when they haven't. When uh, wrestlers, male or female, haven't wrestled until they got to high school and then elect to, to join the sport. That's not easy to do. Uh, it's right. a little easier for the women because the sports just get, you know, in its infancy, but for the guys. And I, I appreciated that so much as a coach, you know, the, the athletes that would dare to walk in that room and they know they're going to take a lick and they, yet they still do and uh, go through that learning process. So uh, good for her. Looking at the numbers that they have, I'm talking about girls wrestling overall. Um, seeing 25 teams per per regional um, at these super regional sites, and uh, you know uh, you've got 160 teams that are represented. How soon do we see a second class? Well, that was my question to you. So here, here's what I, here's my thoughts. I think it's a matter of when more than if, and I also mm -hmm. think that if if they do, they almost have to reduce the brackets from 32 
maybe to 24 like the like the boys and mm -hmm. because otherwise you're going to have 60 uh you know you, you have two two, uh, two divisions now you've got 64 qualifiers and, and i don't know that the numbers are there yet for sure. that so if they keep it at 32 then it's going to be a, a, a few years until the the number of uh, girls really improve, uh, increases uh and i don't know how what the split is with, with in terms of uh, of participation with the say the 1a and 2a if you divided it into two classes uh you know would that would the would the smaller schools have enough or would the bigger schools have enough i don't know to fill a 32-man bracket sure. so i think it's going to happen i don't you know there's a couple of questions whether they break bring it down to 24 qualifiers and then go two classes that might be the thing I, personally i think we're going to see it sooner than later um and i mean i think it's very close on the horizon. Um, I I would think when you first start it, um, I think it would be 16 wrestler brackets in both classes. So you're not losing the number of qualifiers. You're just splitting them, splitting them into two tournaments. So you'll have the same number of qualifiers. Um, and you'll see the super regionals go away and, and go to, to – similar uh host schools like like you see for the boys um so the smaller fields there um for regionals and, and go away from the super regional sites at big venues to, to the schools being hosts um and then like i said 16 qualifiers per weight class in each class in in each uh class to start out with and then if numbers continue to grow, then I think you would see the switch to 24 person brackets um, as those numbers increase as well. Well, you know what, KJ, I, I didn't look at it that way. 16 and 16 is still a 32. So that makes total sense to me to do it that way. Then build it up to 24 eventually. To start. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the girls are in their what, third or fourth year of, of official, no, uh, second. second. I can't hear yep. so official, so even less second year of official, and uh, you know the boys are in their hundredth year, maybe I don't know, <laughs> close. So you know it's going to take a little while to evolve, and even in, in the history of the boys, it, there's been change. You know, when I was in high school, the state tournament was all three years I was in high school. It was different every year, as they were you know kind of trying to tweak it in terms of qualifiers and stuff. So, but like my mm -hmm. senior year, there were only it was an eight man bracket at state, but it was a twenty four-man bracket at districts as a two-day tournament back then oh and, wow and um, in the middle of the week so uh it was you know just crazy things and then the year before they had uh they had 12-man uh, brackets at state or something like that and the, the the district champ didn't have a round of a first round match and anyway so it's it, it gets weak here here's something i'll throw at you and just kind of test your knowledge here really quick before we wrap up do you know what year the, the very first I, IHSAA state tournament was? Well, let me see. I think I can get it close. I'm going to go with 1961. 1921. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to title or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I know this is Washington, right? Yep. You dropped yep. Washington. I, I'm sorry. I misunderstood your question. Yep, that's that's okay. Um, 
So that was the first one under what they consider the auspices of the Iowa High School Athletic Association. Uh, do you know when they went to two classes? Uh, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, oh, man. I tell you, you were, you were close yeah. with your original guess, which I think is what you thought I meant. Yeah, I'm going to go 62. It was 1957. You're within oh, okay. uh, a couple of years there, but 1957. So 36 years, it was a one-class tournament. I know it's a different age and and stuff, but you know, to to see multiple classes within a relatively short amount of time, I think that says a lot. So 57. Um, by the time that tournament rolled around, I wasn't even one yet. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't, you weren't even thought of yet. <laughs> you know, yeah, I <laughs> I certainly was not. Um, and then in 1969 is when it became a three-class um, event. Okay. So, and of course, we've had three classes since. Um, but uh, one of the things, I, I'll throw this out there just for the hell of it. Um Marshalltown um, won a state title in 1926. Uh, they scored 18 points, by the way. Um, their head coach, technically their head coach, even though uh, I'm sure their student coach, Allie Morrison, probably did more of the coaching. But uh, their faculty sponsor slash formal head coach, do you know who he was? No, I don't. He's a Hall of Famer in a whole different sport. Hmm. No clue. Uh, former Kentucky basketball coach Adolph Rupp. <laughs> yeah, I think I have heard that actually. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a connection there. But, and I wish Kentucky still had a wrestling team. Well, we, we wrestled them when I was in college, and Fletcher Carr. Yeah was the uh, coach, and Joe Carr was the heavyweight wrestler, I think. And, man, Joe was really? – he was scary looking. Yeah. <laughs> and that Carr family, of course, we you know, they're still wrestling, you know. Yep. That, you know obviously, Nate's still coaching, and, and uh, David's still wrestling. So, yep. Yep. I'm sad when they canceled when they canceled the Kentucky program. Yeah. Yeah. I still wish uh, Southeast Conference had some – semblance of uh a conference really you know when you look at lsu that got uh they got the axe kentucky florida you know would have a champ here or there um so you know it'd be nice if that would ever come back into the fold but yeah this, i don't think that's uh possible but anyway uh any further uh, uh comments here before we wrap things up and Say goodbye and get ready for the three-day event down in Coralville, which has turned out to be a pretty cool deal with the girls' state tournament two days, followed by the state duels on Saturday. Right. This might be our busiest week of the year with, <laughs> I mean, with the, you know, the conference tournaments, the regionals, the girls' state. You know, Obviously, we've got some busy times ahead, too, but this one was a busy week. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And certainly uh, – uh, mandated to uh two days of podcasts from 
from the two of us. So uh, we enjoy doing that. Um, make sure you get down to uh, Coralville to catch some great action uh, down there with the girls Thursday, Friday, uh, the boys with state duels on Saturday. I'll be down there. Um, Coach Briggs, do you, uh, you have any officiating uh, duties this week? I do. I'm doing the Mississippi Valley uh, Junior Varsity. At Prairie. Okay. Mm-hmm. At Prairie. So that'll be uh, this Saturday as well. Uh, make sure you get out and support uh, those wrestlers and, and take in some good action. Again, thanks for watching, everybody. I'm KJ Pilcher with Dick Briggs. And uh, why don't we head out with uh, Wyatt Schultz's key line. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.